0: Guys, we start our new series today. God empowers you. Today we'll talk about God empowering you with scriptures, with the word, with the Bible. I want you to think about this, this whole series. We're talking about things. That God is empowering you as an individual with, so that you can go and make disciples, so that you can set the example, so that you know that God is with you in your walk, in your daily walk with Him. That's right, God empowers you to succeed. Today again, we talk about with Scriptures. So we look at Scripture, we look at the Bible almost like uh, having the right tool for the job. I got. It. I'm not getting in the offering plate. I swear. I've got some tools down here. I'm going <laughs> to use as an example. Some of these we've actually given away over the years. We got the, this little flashlight. It's a balance. It's got some screwdriver, flathead, Phillips head screwdriver. I think. Put them in here. That's a pretty handy dandy tool. In the case I need to balance something with light and then also screw it in. And, oh, and it says Hartford Christian on it. Some you all can take this if you want when the service is over. Here's another one. This is like a Hartford Christian Church Swiss Army knife. It's got a little screwdriver, a corkscrew, a bottle cap opener. We'll get to that in a second. And a knife, just in case you need that. And if someone wants it, take it. Uh, now we've got like a little Leatherman in case I need some miniature pliers. Now, something similar, this one's mine. <laughs> Something similar about these three I've had so far. These are the kind of tools that we have that are multi-purpose. They can do many different things. This little guy, though, now this has actually fixed a couple light fixtures around uh, the church here. A couple of different guys have had to use it recently. Uh, But it's a flathead screwdriver. It's really small, fits into my desk. I keep it in there, just in case we ever need it. Has a very specific purpose, very specific. This can basically only unscrew Flathead head screws, or screw them in, I guess. That's it. I mean, I guess you could pry some stuff open, but it's so short, you're gonna have a hard time with some of that. Uh, and very, very specific, specialized tool, if you will. The fact is, tools come in all shapes and sizes. We all like having the right tool for the right job. But we're Americans, right? So what happens if you don't have the right tool for the right job? <laughs> we improvise. We improvise. Now, one of the things that Eddie taught me about four years ago now was, Mike, you got to have the right tool for the right job, right? But sometimes when we don't, we kind of had to make do. We make do. Duct tape. That's always a good example. You can use it for so many different things. Has anybody here ever used uh, a butter knife Mm -hmm. as a screwdriver? Mm -hmm. Um, How about this? Now, this is the lesson I learned just this past weekend, a bottle opener. A bottle opener. Used to be everywhere, right? You'd get your Coke bottles, you pop, you pop the pop the tab off the bottle opener, you'd eventually take your bottles back into the store to collect what was it? Five cents a bottle, something like that. You kind of exchange them a little bit. Well, this past weekend I bought the uh, the boys some root beer. And little did I know these weren't the screw off tops. You had to have a bottle opener. Guess what? I didn't have a bottle opener. And people know tricks. I listen, I don't know that kind of stuff. I'm looking at this thing, like, how am I going to do it? I ended up breaking a keychain. That didn't work. It wasn't the right tool for the job. Eventually, I find on YouTube this little thing. I had a lighter with me because we were going to start a campfire, right? And you could take a lighter and kind of pop that thing off. It wasn't the right tool for the job by any means. The bottom of that lighter got all torn up. Next thing you know, I got lighter fluid everywhere. Now I'm not the one starting the campfire. For sure, just something as simple as that—a very specific tool, that bottle opener. Now, if I would have had my handy dandy Swiss Army knife with me, it would have been on there. Didn't have that with me. Wasn't prepared, if you will. Just kind of like scripture. It's kind of like the Word of God. It's like this is a big book of directions for us to apply to our lives, not just to read but to actually use and apply to our life. It's like a blueprint. You're going to try to, to build a building, and you don't have a blueprint. You don't have the right tool, the right instruction book. So what is the scripture? Is it more of a specific, specialized tool? Or is it like a Swiss army knife? Now I want you to think about that for a second. Because really... If I was to get my Swiss Army knife out, and I was to use that bottle cap opener that's on that, that knife. But well, first of all, that's not a Swiss Army knife, number one. All right? Now, it's an imitation. And it's not a bad knife, but there's nothing as good as the original Swiss Army knife. Anybody that's ever had one, they know that. It's nothing as good as the Word of God. It doesn't matter what scholars have said. It doesn't matter what uh, the writers have said. What matters is the Word of God. Now, does that mean that what some scholars have said, what some famous preachers have said about the Word of God isn't good? No, it could very well be good. So is that knife right there. But what matters the most is what the Scripture, what the Word of God, what God's toolbox actually has to say. So is it like a Swiss Army multipurpose tool, or is it more like a specialized, specific tool? I think the best way to look at it, again, is like a toolbox. Or almost like if you had a Swiss army knife that had very specific tools on it. See, the Word of God, it can apply to so many aspects of our lives. But yet it is for a very specific purpose and a very specific reason as well. So what's the best way to use a tool? Is to have the right tool and to know how to use it. God empowers you with Scripture. So what is the purpose then? What is the purpose of these of, of this book, this great, awesome Word of God? What's the purpose? Well, it's not just stories, it's not just history, it's not just reading material. Now, notice that I didn't say that it's not stories, history, or reading material. I said it's not just stories, history, or reading material because it is. There are true stories. That's what we've been talking about on Wednesday night a lot. When we look at the Bible, we're looking at the, the fact that these are real people. As we've looked at the story of Joseph recently on Wednesday night, we, we've tried to really dig into the fact that Joseph, this isn't just a story. This is a real person who had real emotions, real feelings, real needs, and real temptation in his life. History. It's not just a history book, but there is a whole lot of history in here. It's not just reading material, but this is about the best reading material that you could ever pick up on a Saturday afternoon and start going through word by word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14-15 through 15. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true. For you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes By trusting in Christ Jesus. So what is the scripture going to empower us to do? It's going to empower us to know about God. Now, there's always that debate. Do you want to know about God? Or do you want to know God? Think about it. Do you want to just know about God? Or do you want to really know Him and have a personal relationship with Him? See, here's what the Scripture does. It empowers us to know about God. But the more we know about God, the more that we can know God. It's going to lead us to know Him. Yes, it's the stories, it's the history, it's the reading material. It's all that and more. Because this is a way for us to build a relationship to get to know about God and get to know God even more in our lives. Like the end of that verse said. Give us wisdom for salvation. Or I believe the NIV says, makes you wise for salvation. What is the purpose of this book? It's for us to learn and know about God so that we can have salvation through his son Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. The entire Old Testament leads to the prophecies that are revealed in the New Testament by Christ Jesus our Lord, who if you put your trust and hope and faith in, and you believe in Him, and you're obedient to Him, you have salvation. Now, how do we get that information? The Word of God. The Word of God. Oh, yeah, we could talk about two millennium ago, before this was all written down for us. The Word of God was passed Verbally. <clears throat> And Peter and the apostles—they would tell people about what they knew, about what they'd seen. But they still could go back to the Old Testament, to those, to those, to those ancient scrolls, to the Word of God. We've got to use the Word of God, folks, to make us, to make us wise for salvation. It helps us want to know Him more and more and more. It gives us that faith in Jesus. And remember, the more you know about God the more you can get to know God. And the more you get to know God, the more you're going to grow in Him. So what's the purpose of Scripture? It's an open door that allows us to have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's a pretty good purpose, I would say. And that's how God is going to empower us. Like we've never been empowered before, if we just put our hope and trust and faith in Him. So then we looked at the purpose, now what about the power? Now I think about tools once again, I think about power tools. Yeah, you can go, you can get a screwdriver, but what if you have a power screwdriver, an electric screwdriver, plug-in, battery, it doesn't matter, man, it's gonna save you so much work, it's done, it's done. Now listen, that might take some power, that might take some energy, some electricity, some battery power, but it still doesn't compare to the power that we have from knowing the Word of God, from knowing the Scriptures. See, that purpose, it's going to allow us to have that power to stay close to Christ, to strive to please Him, and to continue learning. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16-17 through 17 says this, All Scripture is inspired by God, it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. This is some good scripture here today, folks. If you haven't read 2 Timothy, I encourage you to do that. What does this verse just said? We're going to again use some of the NIV words. The power of scripture is for teaching, Rebuking, correcting, and training. When God speaks, the little picture says. Think about that. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Once again, we're talking about guidelines for our lives. Once again, we're talking about what does the Scripture actually say? What does the Word of God say? When we start adding stipulations, so what it doesn't say, we're wrong. Just plain and simple. Don't care if tradition says one thing for the last 400 years. We have to look at what the Word of God says. Because the Word of God has not changed. It's the same today as it was yesterday, as it was 700 years ago. The Word of God is what we must seek. That power. Isaiah 64 verse 8 says this. Yet... Yeah. O oh Lord, You are our Father, we are the clay, and You are the potter. We are all formed by Your hand. He is the potter. We are the clay. Now think about that. That's power. That's the kind of power that God has for us. Write that verse down to me, Isaiah 64, 8. And that formation that He gives, well, since we're His clay, He does through the Scripture by teaching, rebuking, correcting and training this is how we're going to succeed in life now when i say we're going to succeed in life am i talking about we're going to be multi-billionaires no that's not success now maybe it does seem like success because you think i'm going to have cars? i'm going to go on trips i'm going to have all kinds of cool stuff i'm going to have a nice house i'm going to buy the chicago cubs and they're going to win the world series every year not just this year that's not happiness, folks. That's not success. Oh, Don't get me wrong. But if you know me at all, you know I really want the Cubs to win the World Series. And if you're around in this neighborhood whenever they win, you will hear me running up and down the street screaming. I promise. That's not success. That's not success. Success in life is when we get to the end of our lives. And we can say that I've believed in Jesus and I've put my hope and my trust and my faith in him. Because that's what our reward's gonna be. Oh, there'll be a great reward in any Cubs fan's heart. We're all excited. It's great news. It's, it's super awesome stuff, and I make no apologies for my excitement about it. None. But at the end of the day, at the end of my life, when I get to heaven, when I get to those pearly gates, is God gonna ask me, Were you a Cubs fan? Were you loyal to your team? Did you follow them all the way? Were you happy about them winning? He's not going to ask me that. He's going to ask me, did I trust Jesus? Did I believe in him? Did I obey him? Did I follow what the scriptures actually say? That's success in life. So what is the scripture going to allow me to do with that? It's going to empower me to be equipped. And I've got to learn more and more about God every day so that I can be more and more equipped every day to live my life as a Christian every single day. That's what God empowers me to do through His Word. Folks, we don't just make this stuff up. We've got to look to the Word of God. So now that we've got the purpose, and now that we've got the power, now we have to look at the presentation. Maybe it's time for us to consider what He's done for us. This presentation that we have is going to give us hope to die with and it's going to give us standards to live by. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. There's three slides in this one, so bear with me for a second. I solemnly urge you, preach the Word of God. How are we going to know what the Word of God is? we have to pick up our Bible and look at it. Preach the Word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Think about that. Is the time favorable? We might say, man, our world is changing. Look at our, our, our local, our, our federal, our, our nation. It's not favorable anymore. It's a lot favorable than it was 1,300 years ago. I promise you that. It's a lot favorable, more favorable than it was 2,000 years ago. I promise you that. So, is it favorable or not? You know what? The fact is, it doesn't matter. We've got to be prepared. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. How are we going to have good teaching? We've got to look to the Word of God. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Now think about that and doesn't that apply to today? Yes. Because it does. Because it does. We should all have really been caught by that last verse. We should really—that one should have really caught our attention because all across our country, all across our, our our continent, all across the world, right now, there's teachers out there saying, "Do what you want, do what you feel good about, do what feels comfortable to you." But folks, what we have to do instead is say, "Do what God has told us to do." Amen. No more, no less. We can't add to it. We can't take away. And just because society or the world or certain societies think that this or that or whatever might be okay today, the Scripture says no. The Scripture says follow Jesus. The Scripture says if you want to know that you're a Christian, here's the fruit of the Spirit. Behave accordingly. On with the verse. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Now think about this one for a second. Keeping a clear mind in every situation. That's not always easy. That's not always easy. Especially if you get mad. Especially if you get angry. It's hard. If you get mad, you get angry. It's hard. You know, I, I listened to a, a preacher friend of mine a couple weeks ago, a little clip he had on Facebook, talking about if, if politics is making you mad, if it's really putting you in a place where you can't hardly control your tongue, you can't keep a clear mind in every situation, it, this is a really good point, I think. They cut it off and throw it away. You don't need to know everything that is happening in our world today. I promise you that God doesn't care if you know everything that's happening in the world news tonight. He doesn't. That's not not your priority. Maybe you can say, this is important for me to know. Good. Have at it. Because there's nothing wrong with you knowing these things. There's nothing wrong with you knowing what is going on with the world today. But if it's making you so angry that you can't behave accordingly as a Christian, cut it off and throw it away. Get rid of it. Don't let it drag you down or lead you astray from showing that love and that fruit of the Spirit like God has asked us to do. Is politics important? You bet it is. You bet. Do you think that I have concern for our upcoming election? Yes, I do. But you know what I have more of a concern for? My witness. My faith. Knowing that I'm not going to get up here and preach politics. I'm not going to do it. I've said that since day one because I don't think it's going to help my witness. Folks, bottom line is this. When I look at the scriptures, it doesn't necessarily tell me who to vote for. It might tell me some policies that I should be more a part of regarding a certain candidate. But the last thing I want to see from anybody from anybody is to say that you're not a Christian if you support candidate A or you're not a Christian if you support candidate B. Because that test of faith, folks, is not in the scriptures. It's not. I oh, yeah, look at what the Scripture actually says. Now, does that mean that the Scripture might not lead you to how you decide to vote? No, it might. It very well might. And that's the way I believe that you should vote, and that's the way I believe that you should go forward with this next election. But the last thing we need to start doing is judging somebody else because they don't agree with something politically. Because let me tell you what the Christians over in Africa care about this right now. They don't. Because right now, it's harder for them. Because they are facing things that, are, that, that we wouldn't even imagine when it comes to persecution in their lives. They're facing, the, the fact is, African Christians in many African countries right now face persecution to the level of they could be killed on a daily basis from some of the Muslims over there. Real, legitimate persecution. Folks, I urge you to make the right decision. I urge you to make the right decision based on what Scriptures say. But do not make it a test of faith to your fellow believer. What, the, what else did the verse just say? It said, do the work. Here's the Scriptures. Now we have to do the work. We've got to serve God. Fact-based. That's the presentation in the power of Scripture. Fact-based. This... What was it? Dragnet? Just the facts, ma'am. Right? It's like two weeks in a row we had a Dragnet reference, I think. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. That might even be the wrong show. I don't know. Uh, do the work. Now, how are you going to do the work? you got to pick up your Bible and you got to read it. I encourage you to do this on a weekly, nay, a daily basis. Even if it's just a few verses here and there. Now, sometimes we like to just open up the Bible randomly and look for something. That's okay to do, but I, I encourage you to have a plan. Have a plan with it. Start with the gospel. Start with the book of Acts. Start with the letters. Read the New Testament from front to back. promise you you won't regret it. Even if it's just a verse or two a night, pick something up. Pick up the Bible and read something daily. You're going to see more success in your life when you do with that love, joy, peace, and patience. That kindness, that goodness, that faithfulness, that gentleness, and the self-control. What is the scripture going to do? The presentation is going to empower me to share God. To share God, we look at Joseph that we've been talking about on Wednesday nights. When Joseph was asked to interpret a dream, he said, what? This is beyond my power. But God can do this. He gave God the credit. See, no longer is an I, 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 me, me, me. Instead, it's the Lord did. What has God done in your life? What's He done for you? He's given you a hope to die with, standards to live, live by. So present Him now in life. In conclusion, what is the God empowers you with Scripture? To be prepared. Every verse has led to this. 1 Peter 3.15 is going to support it. It says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always what? Be ready to explain your your reason for hope. Be ready to explain your reason for hope. Now, let's really stop and think about that for a second. Because it started off with someone asking you a question. Why? Explain it. What's your reason for hope? Why did they ask you that? It's not because you were grouchy. Not because you had a bad attitude. Not because you were mad. Not because you really went on social media and ranted and raved and really accused people of foul play because they weren't on the same page with you politically. That's not why anyone asks you about your reason for hope. They ask you about your reason for hope because they see the hope in your life every single day. Because you've shown them your faith by your actions and your attitude. Because they have seen your hope in word, and in deed, because they have recognized your behavior, not just your physical behavior, but also the fact that you haven't been afraid to say, I believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and I believe what the Scriptures say from front to back. Not because you were grouchy. That's the kind of hope so when we talk about making disciples. Step number one, we got to look to the Scripture, and that Scripture is going to give us information that we can share, And it's going to give information that we can apply to our lives. You want to make disciples, you've got to show people, number one, that you are a disciple. Scripture is going to do four things. It's going to, first of all, to tell us about Christ. Something to live by. To know Him even more. Now these four things, God empowers us with Scripture to know God To be equipped as a Christian (coughs) to share our faith in action, in attitude, in word, in deed. In your final blank today, God, through the scriptures, empowers us to give an account of my faith. (coughs) Folks, are you prepared to give an account of why you're so happy all the time? Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You so very much for giving us the equipment that we need to learn about You. For teaching us, rebuking us, correcting us through Your Word. Lord, help us to be equipped. Help us to know You more. Help us to to be ready all the time to give an account and to share our faith. For we know that it is so important for us to know what Your Word says so we can tell others, so that we can live by it. Lord, empower us right now to continue every day, being an everyday Christian, living by Your Word alone. I ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would y'all please stand. We're going to have our hymn of opportunity. If today is the day that you are ready for God to empower you by accepting